Matthew chapter 9, verse 18, if you got it, say, mm-hmm. It says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will, li she will live. Jesus got up and went with him and so did his disciples. Verse 23. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. Some of your translations say, get out. I want everyone with me on the count of three. Say, get out. One, two, three. Get out. One more time. Get out. Said, get out. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. Some translations say they mocked him, even spit on him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread throughout all that region. Father, have your way. Remove me and place your Holy Spirit behind this pulpit. Let he that has an ear, let him hear. In Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Before you're seated, I want you to shake three people's hand and tell them, get out. Don't get out the service, though. It's just a figure of speech for right now. All right. <laughs> then you can be seated. <laughs> Some of you are like, get out. All right. Well, let me just go. Then. We're going to get right into the story. This is one of my favorite stories in all of the scriptures. I love this story. I've spoken a few messages on this, but this one, God gave it to me in a different way. And I want to share with you why, even for this upcoming new year, of what I believe God wants to do with you in 2016. In this portion of scripture, we see that there was a, a synagogue leader. In Luke, in the book of Luke, we read his name was Jairus. Jairus. Somebody say Jairus. And he was a synagogue leader. Now, it's important to notice that him as a leader, who he was. These men were the Jewish leaders of the temple. They were spiritual leaders. They weren't just anybody's. They were somebody's. And as a spiritual leaders, they live by the law. Matter of fact, I believe it's in Luke chapter 13 when Jesus came and healed the man on the Sabbath. The Bible says that the synagogue leaders got mad. Why? Because it wasn't going according to the law. It needed to be done this way. So when you read that this man was a synagogue leader, you read right away that things needed to happen this way. It had to go about it this happening, in this function and in this fashion at this time, and this is the way it's supposed to be done. That's what a synagogue leader was there for. Everything was to be according to the law. Then the Bible says that this synagogue leader came and knelt before him. Now, what's important about that is that the synagogue leaders, they are in charge of worship. They are in charge of the people understanding what it is to do worship, but you have to do it in a certain fashion. So this man comes to Jesus, and he kneels before him. But wait a second. Hold on. This goes against his belief. You're only supposed to wor worship the one true God. And remember, at this time, they weren't sure if Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, was he the Messiah? Was he not? But right away, he threw out all the law. He said, I don't care about the law. I know in my heart of hearts, and I believe that this man is the Messiah, and I will do whatever it takes for the circumstance that I'm in. And I'm going to give him the one thing that I can truly give. And that's worship. He didn't come and say, listen, I'm a leader. I got a lot of money. Here, you want some money? He said, no, 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 no. There's one thing that I can give God, and that it's true worship. He gave him the truest thing that he could, and that was worship. Then I like here that this synagogue leader, what he did is he even changed the whole thing even before Jesus could say anything. That's what I really like about this. He says, listen, I just want you to know, my daughter, she's dead, but, I, I like that part. That's like one of my favorite parts, right? Greg already knows right there. That's the best part. This is happening, but if you say, 
See, that one little word changes everything. See, some of you right now be going, might be going through the worst Christmas gift season ever. But it could change. But, see, some of you right now, you go to the hospital and you get this bad news from the doctor. But, are, are, you, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, one thing, what happened with this man is that he already had his faith in action. It started moving even before Jesus moved himself to his house. The faith started moving everything. The word dead there in the Greek means expiration. In other words, there was an expiration time on his daughter. But he knew that Jesus could change any expiration date. He knew that the Messiah, he knew that Christ could change anything. See, faith went beyond the law. And when you understand what faith can do, faith will allow you to see the impossible. Faith will take you places that you have never been before. Faith will break down the unbreakable. Faith will shatter the unbelievable. Faith will defend you even when you're defenseless. Faith will provide for you even when you're out of provision. Faith will feed you when you're hungry. Faith will even make you believe for a dead girl's life. That's what faith will do. Listen here, this holiday season, some of you, you got to interject faith. Not just by what you're looking at. Well, if you understood what I was going through, if you knew my circumstance, if you knew who my husband was, if you knew the job that I had, Jared said, no, 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 I know my daughter may seem dead, but if you say, if you come, everything will change. Everything will change. Faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Somebody once said, faith is putting all your eggs in God's basket, then counting your blessings even before they hatch. And you know what I like about this story as well? Is that it says his disciples, they followed him. This is very important because they're getting up. Jesus, this man comes to Jesus and says, hey, my daughter's dead. There's a funeral going on. Now, this is what's, what really got me. The Bible says that the disciples followed him. They didn't follow him to a party. They didn't follow him to a banquet. They didn't follow him to an award ceremony. They followed him to a funeral. Listen to me. Will you still follow Christ even in the bad times? Will you still follow Christ? Even when the times get really, really hard. Now you may say, well, I'll follow Christ. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a disciple. I'm, I'm here. I'm a Christian. You know what the Bible says in John chapter 6? That even the disciples, when they heard him, they stopped following him. Yeah. Disciples. Not, not people who were listening. Not the multitudes. The Bible says the disciples. Yeah. Did you know that there was more than 12 disciples? Did you know that? See, a lot of people think, oh, there were just 12 disciples. No, there was a lot. There was a ton of them. Matter of fact, at the multitudes, when there were multitudes, many of them came because they wanted the food. They heard, oh, this guy heals people. He provides food. I want to follow this guy. But then after he started talking, some said, okay, I just want this much. But others were intrigued by what he was saying. So they're like, okay, I'll follow a little farther. I'll follow a little farther. I'll follow a little farther. But then all of a sudden, he started sharing some deep thoughts. And they went, okay, wait, that's, that's a little bit too much. You want how much of me? You want me to go where? You want me to be a light in the midst of the what? You want me to be a salt where there is, wait, hold on, wait, hold, hold on. Like, can't I just come to church and be a good person? Can't I, can't I just be a, a, a person that goes to church and calls himself a Christian? Can't I just be a Christian? I mean, I don't have time to get into it, but did you know that even when the term Christian came about, it wasn't a good term. It wasn't a good term. Matter of fact, that's how they had to label the people who were crazy people. They were Christians at Antioch, right? Because there was a bunch of Herodians. There was a bunch of different uh, people that followed this person, followed that person, followed this person. And they went, oh, those people, they followed the Christ guy. That's a Christian. Doesn't that kind of sound like today? Like the way they look at Christians? Oh, those are Christians. Those radical people. Those people, they pick it outside funerals and signs and, Right? Because I, I read people's stuff, how they view Christians. Like, oh, those are, those are those crazy, radical, good-for-whatever kind of people. And so Jesus says, okay, listen, 
I want disciples. Somebody say disciples. See, staying a Christian is comfortable, but being a disciple will uncomfort your comfort. It will uncomfort you. It will take you to places. Okay, come on, guys. We're going to go. All right, where are we going to go, Jesus? We're going to a funeral. Wait, a funeral? Hold on. Now, I, I don't know uh, as of late, but, man, I've been going to a lot of funerals as, as of late. Funerals aren't fun. Funerals are not the place to be. Funerals is not where you see have the greatest of moods and the greatest of atmospheres. Matter of fact, in funerals, it's very solemn. You don't say anything. You don't do nothing. Nothing should happen. But here, Jesus said, no, I want you to come with me. Something is going to happen like you've never seen before. In Jairus' house, now we see here in verse 23, the Bible says that when Jesus came into the house, there were hordes of people already there. They were playing music. Now, it was a funeral, so they weren't playing party music. They weren't playing like, oh, that's my jam kind of music. They weren't playing that kind of music. It was actually death music. It was funeral music, the pipes and the leers. Listen, some of you here this morning, you have been playing the same old song for the past few years. The same old, well, nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. It's the same old song, and it's always out of tune. And it's the same thing over and over. And how you know is because there's exciting people, and when they get around you, they're all excited, and they get around you, and they go, oh, man, for some reason, I just feel depressed. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about it. Come with me. Pity party of one. I don't have what he has. I don't have what she has. It's the same old song. Listen, in 2016, some of you are going to have to change that song. It's time to change the song that has been so out of tune for so long. Listen, God wants to do something great within you. God wants to do something powerful. The Bible says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Not to make you go to a funeral and feel like you're depressed all the time, but make you feel like you're prosperous. You've got something great inside of you. You've got things around of you that are, are going to be so great and so tremendous, but you just got to tap into it. Don't play the same old song. Get ready for a new song in this new year are you ready for a new song in this new year are you ready for a new one now the bible says that there was a noisy crowd at this funeral a noisy crowd now it's very important to understand that as a prominent figure as a synagogue leader of the community the more people in attendance the more prestige that they had that's how they looked at funerals it was even accustomed to hire people to mourn and make more noise so that the rest of the community knew who this man was. He was a somebody. So when they seen a bunch of people, they go, wow, look, look at his funeral. That's a big funeral. Wow. And what they would do is they would even hire people to cry at the funeral. They were professional criers. Some of you can get hired right now. <laughs> it's my party. I can. <laughs> now, this is the thing about it. They were professionals. In other words, they didn't even know whose funeral the person they were at. They didn't care for the person. There was no, no attachment from heart to heart. It was just a. Oh, what time is it? Oh, two, okay, two, okay, uh, all right, and I'm on the clock. Now, <laughs> what time is it? We almost done, we almost done, right? We almost, okay, we almost done. What was her name? Did you get your name? Did you guys get her name? <laughs> Matter of fact, I don't have time to get into it, but they still do it to this day. It's a part of the custom. It's just what they do. The more people, the more prestige. Now, this is what's funny about it. They were professionals. This, you know what I've learned? When my father came into the men's home, before he went into the Victory Outreach men's home, he went into three other programs. All three were professionals that you had to pay to get in. 
They were all professionals. They didn't really care about my father, to be quite honest. They go, come in. Here's a bed. Give me $500. Professionals. See, and we, as the church, got to be very careful that we don't become professionals. Yeah, 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 just come in here. No, no, I got you. I, I, I got this. I know what I'm doing. Because when you become that professional, when it comes to ministry, I'm talking about ministry. I'm not talking about your occupation. I'm talking about ministry. And when you become that professional in ministry, you lose the heart for the dead. You lose the heart for those who are hopeless. And it becomes, oh, okay, I'll go to evangelism, but who's going to be there? Are they going to pay me? Are you going to pay me to be there? So, okay, I just want to know how many people are going to be there. Because if there's only like one person there, I don't need to be there. And if we're not careful, we can become professional Christians. Come to church, wear a tie, wear a dress. I'm good. I showed up. I showed up on time. Hey, I came to church. I did my two hours of my duty. God saw me. It was perfect. I'm, I, I, got, I'm down, I got it down. And if we're not careful, we can become professional Christians. But I'm going to tell you right now, it wasn't a professional that changed my father. No professional changed my father. Matter of fact, the guy that was in the home was half blind. He was the home director. He was, he was partially blind, leading these ex-drug addicts and ex-gang members. And he would get his Bible. And th this is the story that they tell me. He would tell them, okay, everybody up. Lift your hands. And for an hour, they would lift their hands and worship the Lord. An hour. Some of us can barely lift our hands for a second. Uh, oh, that's hard. Ow. Listen, I want you to know something. Those of you guys that are in the home, that's the thing about the home. It's free. And if you want to, you can leave at any time. Nobody is forcing you to be here. You can go. But I'll tell you right now, no professional changed my father. Wasn't a pro. It was just a guy who said, lift your hands for an hour. See, and then right away, why do I got to do that? Why do I got to do that? Because they have a heart for you. They have a heart to see you make it beyond what everyone else is just hired to do with you. Everyone else is just hired to be, oh, you want to be a statistic? Come in, sleep in the bed. I got you. I'm good with you. But we, us, we're not, we don't care about your head on the pillow. We care about your heart unto God. We want to make sure that you understand that God has greatness for you. God's, so, God's got something powerful for you. You see so many alumni. How many are graduates of the men's and women's homes? How many are thankful that you're a graduate of the men's and women's homes? Come on, how many are grateful and thankful that God did something in your life when other professionals trying to treat you a certain way, when other people said that this is how it must be done? God said, no, I've got something else for this person. When everyone else sees just a dollar sign, professionalism, got to be done like this. God said, no, I got something else for them. Now, years ago, there, there came that band out. What would Jesus do? You guys remember that? And it's so funny because I, I remember looking at that going, what would Jesus do? And I go, I really don't have to ask that question. It's what did Jesus do? It's in the Bible. You don't really have to ask that question. Just read the Bible. And you'll see what Jesus did. Here in this portion of scripture, we can see what Jesus did. Because a lot of people, what would Jesus do? Well, I'll tell you right now. This is what he did at a funeral. You know what he told everybody? Get out. That's what he did. Get out. Tell your neighbor, get out. In 2016, some of you are going to have to tell some of the people in your life, In 2016, some of you are going to have to tell some of your friends. You're going to have to tell them. Tell them. Tell them. Say, oh, that's not right. Don't ask me. That's what Jesus did. Jesus did it. Because everyone else is doing all this stuff. Listen, we're in 2016. Some of you, if you really want to see a different year and not make it the same old 2015 or 2013, 2010 that it's always been, some of you this year, you're going to have to tell some people and some things in your life too. Yeah. 
Get out. They don't belong in your house. Number one, we're going to tell some things to get out. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Okay. I'm going to point at you, and I want you to say get out. Are you ready? Here we go. Pride. Get out. This year, we're going to tell pride. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You know what pride? Pride is like a sneaky parasite. It will eat away any promise that God gives you on the inside. So the promise that God gave you in 2014 can be eaten away by the pride that you have from 2015. No, I got this. See, pride can't be taught anything. I got this. I, I know what I'm doing. No, 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 no. I, I got this. Matter of fact, I was talking with a, a, a lady one time, and we were at the old church, and she walked into the lobby, and I was right there, and she was an, an, an older woman who grew up in this church, in Victory Outreach Hayward. And I remember we were talking, we were having a conversation, and I started walking away, and then I can hear her voice just kind of change, and her whole demeanor change. And she goes, man, I remember this church. This is where I grew old, but I just never grew up. I'll never forget that. When she said that, it, it took me. I said, wow. See, some of you right now, you might be in this church. You might be growing old rather than growing up. And the one thing that can stifle you and can stop you is that pride. No, I got this. I'm good. You see, you, you don't understand what I've been through. I, I know exactly what's going on. Matter of fact, see that guy up there, the guy who's pastoring, the guy who's speaking? I'm even older than him. I got more experience. I got this. And pride, the Bible says, pride comes right before a cliff. The moment you know you're at a cliff is if pride rises up first. You got to be very careful with that. Pride will always lie to you and make you feel like you're always in control. Did you know that the Bible, Bible even says that there's a, a lies, that there's a father to lies? Lies has a father? Lucifer is the father of lies? So you got to be very careful when it comes to the, the, the lying and, and that pride because, my friend, pride never learns anything. I got this. I'm good to go. Matter of fact, James chapter 4 verse 6 says, therefore, he says, God resists the proud. God resists the proud. You know what the word resist is? The word resist is a battle term. It's a battle. It's a military term. Resistance, having the resistance. How many of you just went and seen Star Wars? Anybody just seen Star Wars? Only one of you? Only one person? Only, okay, two of us nerds? All right. I'm a nerd, I saw it. So should I give it away? Do you, oh, okay, oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, so you guys are nerds. Okay, good. Good. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you something that you should already know if you're already a Star, Star Wars fan. Because in the beginning of the, the episodes, or even if you want to say episode four, five, and six, it's throughout all of them, there is a term that you'll even see in other movies, and it's called the resistance. The resistance. That's a part of what Luke Skywalker is a part of, right? For those of you, come on, Star Wars fans, help me out here. He's a part of the resistance. Because the resistance is a military term. You know what God says he does? The Bible says that God will get military if you get proud. It becomes a battle. Because God says, no, 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 no. Here's one thing I will fight. I will fight. Pride, listen, pride will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. It will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's why, I mean, I don't have time to really get into this, but that's why when people start bickering and fighting over, over this church and that church and no, 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 no. See, these people, I want you to know something. I don't think we're going to show up into heaven and the people that you thought weren't going to be there or the people that you thought were going to be there, all of a sudden, you're going to go around, you're going to look around and say, see, I knew it. They weren't going to make it. I really don't think that spirit's going to be in heaven. 
See, a lot of people that you think were not going to be there, probably going to be there. But your pride down here, God says, no, 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 I will fight that. I will resist that. This year in 2016, if you want to see a new year, then my friend, what you need to do is you need to tell pride to get out. Don't let it stay in your house. The second thing that you need to tell to get out, are you guys ready for this one? Here we go. Ready? Rebelliousness. Get out. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. You know the challenge with instruction is that most instruction comes from authority. And if you're like me, I just opened up a gift yesterday. I had Christmas early, and I opened up a gift and right away, I looked at the gift and go, oh, this is tight. Oh, it's great. I mean, I was so excited. I was like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting it or nothing like that. I was like, all right, this is really cool. It's a GoPro for those of you that are wondering, right? This is GoPro. I mean, those are cool. If you know what they are. If you don't know what they are, don't worry about it. You're not missing anything. But for me, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I already had in my mind I wanted to put it right here on the pulpit. Like, you know. I don't know. I had so many things. I was going to put it up there. I was just, I don't know. I'm going to put it on my bike, right? Is it right there riding? Like, yeah. So I had all these things. So in my mind, that's the GoPro. And so right away, I open it up, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm trying to figure it out. And then I got to this one part. I'm like, oh, man, how do I, wait, where is it? Ah. Oh. And so for like 10 minutes, I'm stitching on myself. For like 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, no, wait. Oh, man. No, that's not it. Oh. Finally, after a while, I go, oh, yeah. Read the instructions. Oh. Oh. As soon as I read the instructions, 10 seconds. What took me 10 seconds in my own rebelliousness took me 10 minutes. No, 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 I got this. I can do it. I don't, need, I don't need nobody's help. I got this. Matter of fact, many of us, we have been trained since we were young, rebel against authority. Right? Cops come around. Oh, no. Wait. I hate cops. Cops ain't got, man, we, we hate cops. We hate, matter of fact, we even got terms for like the, the pigs. We don't, we don't like no cops. We don't got no cops. But all of a sudden, you go through it. Uh, 911, yeah, I need some help right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's uh, somebody at my door. Uh, yeah, he, he can come right? Then we really need them. And we do the same thing with God. God, nah, I got this. I got this. But then you really start going through it. Okay, uh, yeah, God, you think you can come down? I really need some help right now. Because we were taught since we were young, rebel against authority. Don't listen to the authority. They have no idea what they were doing. Did you know this? Psalms chapter 68 verse 6 says, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. You know what this is saying? Right now, for those of you, if you feel dry, it's because you're living in a rebellious land. Because many times, we come to church and don't we say, man, I feel dry. Like, it's just like, ah, oh, I feel like the, the tin man of the Wizard of Oz. Like, What you really need to do is stop rebelling. Rebellion keeps you in a locked position. I can't, uh, I don't want to. Hey, you know, I think this would be really good for you. No, I don't want to. Well, I, I think if you just try it this way, no, I don't want to. Well, if you would just try it, maybe turn it on. I don't want to turn it. I just want it the way that it is. It's the way I've always liked it, and I want it just like that. Don't, t- don't touch it. I'll touch it when I want to. <sighs> and rebellion will keep you locked. Ezekiel chapter 12 verse 2 says, Son of man, you live in the midst of a rebellious house which have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and hear not for they are a rebellious house. Listen to me. Rebellion will keep you blind and deaf. 
where you can't hear a thing. And I'm telling you time and time again, I can't tell you how many times that excuse me, we, we've given advice, hey, I think you should try this. No, pastor, I don't see it like that. Well, I think you should, you know, maybe, well, what if you went about it this way? Well, I, I don't really hear it like that. Rebellion will keep you blind and keep you deaf. I don't hear anything. Matter of fact, my father used to talk so much about when it came to being single, right? I know, Pastor Dell, you heard this time and time again, being single. And when you try to tell somebody, hey, I would just try to, you know, be cool with that relationship. Oh, well, well, well Pastor, but, but you don't know her like I do. I mean, we talk, and she tells me things that she tells nobody else. I'm her BFF forever. We know each other. I mean, it's almost like we finish each other's food. (laughs) So you heard the term love is blind, right? But really love's not blind. Love's deaf. Love can see. Oh, I see. Oh, she looked good. (laughs) He looks good. Brother, I would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I think you should just kind of be, you know, just, you know I, I don't think it, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. A rebellion will keep you blind and deaf. This year, in 2016, some of you, you're going to have to tell rebellion too. Get out. Get out. For those of you, listen to me, the Bible says that you've you got to uh, adhere to your spiritual leaders for they keep watch for you and make it a joy, that it would be joyous. Listen, when we come to the heart of the bay, I don't know about you, but I don't want to come to a dead church. I don't want to come to a church that just says, okay, well, we just showed up. Uh, at least we came. At, at least we lifted our hands, or at least I lifted my pinky. No, I want to come to a church that's alive, a church that's joyous, a church that has a love flowing all throughout it. But the only way it's going to happen we're going to have to tell rebellionists, rebelliousness too. Get out. Get out. The third thing that we're going to have to tell to get out in 2016. How many want to have a good 2016? Okay, are you guys ready? All right. Insecurity. Insecurities. Insecurities produce false identities. It makes you want to become someone that you're not. It makes you want to become someone or something that you're not. I don't know if I've ever shared this story before, but years ago when I was a youth pastor, uh, we, we were at the, uh, the Huntwood Church, and we used to have youth services every, every Wednesday night when we'd have youth services. And a lot of times we'd be talking with the young people and getting there. And I still remember this, this girl who shared this and said this. It popped in my head. I said, wow, I can't, can't believe that. And because they were talking about, this was the time when I think Destiny's Child, it got real big. And then this, the girl Beyonce, she broke off and she started becoming real big. And, and so all these girls were talking about Beyonce. It was like Beyonce this and Beyonce that. And Beyonce that. I was like, oh my God, this is like... Spirit of Beyonce all over the place. What's going on here? And so the girls, and they started talking. And so I remember we were, we were all in a, a, a little huddle. And we were talking. And one of the girls said, man, I just don't want to be like Beyonce. I feel like I want to be with Beyonce. And I was like, wait, what? But then, you know, like most young people, they go, well, you know what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. You know, I'm just playing. But when I heard that, I went, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't believe what I just heard. But the funny thing was is that this was being said in church from a high schooler. I can't imagine what the high schoolers really say in high school. The people that they want to be like. I want to be exact. There's even a TV show that changed the whole phrase of keeping up with the Joneses, right? If you were to say the word Joneses, most people would be like, Joneses, what's that? Because the young people nowadays, they got to keep up with somebody else. They want to keep up with the Kardashians. I want to be just like that. 
And I can't tell you how many times over and over and over I've heard of young women and older women, I want to dress just like that. I want to look just like that. And they put a lot of their security in other people's images. And as long as I look like that, maybe I can feel like that. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think anybody in this place can sing like Beyonce. Not going to happen. You can wear her dress. You can wear her perfume. You can wear, do your hair like her, but I'm pretty sure you ain't going to sound like her. Girl can sing. I pray that one day she gets a touch from the Holy Ghost. That's my prayer. Everybody knows she started in the church, right? She started in the church. She did gospel music and all these great things. She loves God. She says it from her heart. I love God. Doesn't walk it by her faith, but she, you know, she loves God. All right. That's good. But prayerfully, one day, I pray that she gets an encounter with Jesus Christ. But before her, see, listen, I'm not her shepherd, so I can't speak on her behalf. So I'm not here to downplay her. I'm not here to say anything against or for her. But what I am here to say is that, listen, don't put your image. You're the sheep here as the shepherd that I can talk to. Don't put your image in her. And for the guys, don't put your images, oh, I got to look like this. I got to obtain this. See, guys are a little bit different. We're not so much into the image of clothing, but we are into the image of toys. We lo- don't, don't lie. If we all could, we could be Inspector Gadget. Because God, we just love the, the guys. Just love, oh, man, if I can have that, if I can do this, I can obtain this, this car, this car, this house. This, and we like to obtain things. The funny thing is, is that we don't even care if we use the things. We just want to obtain things. Obtain things. And so a lot of times we put our security in things or we put our security in people. And what insecurity does is insecurity wants you to live in the past. It whispers softly into your ear that someone like you will never really amount to anything and that your best years are all behind you. Everything of what you were already was, you can never become anymore and the only way if you're going to be able to obtain that security is that you have to obtain things get things get as much as you can see insecurity will encourage you to hold on to your dysfunctional crutch i can't tell you how many times over and over again and i've had to tell people listen you're not a gangster anymore you're not a thug anymore now for some of you say well i was never a gangster i'm never a thug okay listen You are not that prideful person anymore. You are not like your father was. Well, my father got divorced three times, so I'm going to get divorced three times. No, listen, you will not have to hold on to that dysfunctional crutch anymore. Listen, in 2016, I believe that some of you within your marriage, you're going to let go of that crutch of what was. You're going to let go of that hurt from the past of what your ex-husband or your ex-wife did to you or your ex-this or your ex-boss. And some of you, you've been holding on to it for years. And how you know is because it it comes out even in an argument when, when the fire boils and when the fire comes and the fire happens, all of a sudden this crutch comes out. Oh, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what has happened to me. Listen, in 2016, some of you, you're going to have to let go of that crutch. Let go of that crutch. In the, in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 7, it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward, but the Lord looks at the heart. This year, listen, allow God to change you from the inside out. Not the other way around. Listen, I've shared this before. If you're visiting with us at Victory Outreach Church for the first time, you don't have to come to church and wear a tie and wear a dress if you don't want to. Matter of fact, I I share that a lot. If you don't want to, please don't. Don't feel forced like, I got to dress like this, I got to look like this. No, you don't have to at all. Because then what you do is you put your security in the pastor. And say, well, if the pastor dresses like that or if the pastor does that, then I'm going to do that. No, I want to lead an example. Yes, I do. Like Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I understand that it's a two-way thing. It's a fellowship and leadership. I know that. I understand that. But at the same time, don't put your security in the person behind the pulpit. you got to be able to say, listen, when I come to church, I come to church because I want to. If I come and I change, it's because I know God is doing something in my life. I know God's doing something powerful within my life. Because then if not, what happens is everybody starts becoming your mother. And they start becoming, oh, you got to do this. Man, you sound like my mother. 
Finally, you, got, you can sound like my mother, and everybody starts becoming your mother. Mother, oh, my, my, my mom always told me this. My mom, my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom, oh, my gosh. And you got to say, listen, this year in 2016, you only got one mother. If she's gone and be with the Lord, praise the Lord. If she's still here, then listen, God gave you her for a reason. The Bible says to honor your mother and father. And you know what? There's a promise attached to that. Did you know that? Did you, I don't know if you guys knew that, right? There's a promise attached to that. It, it's, it says this, honor your father and mother. In other words, even if your mom has done you wrong, even if your dad has done you wrong, it says if you want to have a long life, honor them. Honor them. You want to have a long life? You want to have a healthier life? Honor them. I'm not saying that what happened to you or what was done to you wasn't right or was wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm just saying that if you want to get rid of that crutch this year, 2016, honor them. Honor them. Can I hear an amen? amen? The last thing, and with this I close, that we are going to tell in 2016 to get out is laziness. Laziness. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 16 says, The wise the lazy man is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Lazy people are unteachable. You can't teach them nothing. You can't teach them a thing. I remember going out and, and, and working one time. We were putting in a lawn, right? We were putting in this lawn. It was like the grass and into this uh, one person's house. And we were out there. There was a bunch of us. And I'll be honest. I had no idea what I was doing. I don't know. I was just, hey, he said he was going to pay us this much. Cool. I'll take it. I'll do whatever I got to do. I didn't know about gloves and all that stuff. I was just like, well, I'll just go for it. Well, I know. I was 18. I'm like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's put it out. So I remember we're, we're unrolling the lawn. That was the first time I'd ever seen grass rolled up. I was like, wow, I didn't know you can roll the grass like that. Some of you, see, see uh, Victory Outreach, I know where your minds went with that one. I'll let it sink in for you. Some of you, you'll catch it on the way home. So there was this grass. It was rolled up. And we were unrolling it. We were putting it all over the place. And I remember, we, you know, we're putting it there, and I'm putting it like this, and I'm doing it out there. And the, the owner of the house comes out, and he looks, and he goes, oh, no, it's supposed to go the other way. And so me, in my mind, I was like, okay. I didn't have a problem with it. But the other guy that was working with me was like, oh, my gosh. We just laid this whole thing out. You, how come you didn't tell us earlier? Man, I was working so hard. Like, that, I mean, I'm, how I'm doing it is exactly how he was. They're like, oh, my gosh. How come nobody told And I'm not going to lie. We did a lot of work. It was a lot. We did a big old lawn and the next lawn. Like, we, we did a lot of work. But in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not a grass layer. I don't really know that much. Not a big deal. But to him, like, oh, man. See, a lot of people a lot of times think that, well, I work hard, and I, I could do this. But you could still be lazy in your spirit. When people try to teach you something, I ain't doing that. I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to have, no, man, I, I do it my way. It's always been like this. This is the way that I've always known it. It's the only way it's always been done. And so you can't teach a lazy person nothing. Can't teach them anything. Now, this is the thing. Not just the lazy people in your house, but maybe sometimes the laziness in your spirit. The laziness in your spirit. Some of you are going to have to kick the laziness out of you in the oath that is inside of you. And you're probably saying, well, what do you mean, Pastor, with the oath that is inside of me? Just about every year, don't most of us make promises in the new year? Man, oh, this year, totally different. This year, I'm going to the gym, and I'm going to go like every other day. I'm going. I'm going, oh, man, I'm going to work. I can already see it in my mind. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to be lifting like 50 pounds. Like it. I'm going. I'm going, man, I'm going to bench like, oh, yeah, I'm going. Right? In our minds, we have it right there. And we, what happens is we're making a promise to ourselves. And we're saying, this year, oh, this year, I'm going to go to church like every Sunday. I am going every, man, rain or shine, no matter how much, I, I'm going to church. Matter of fact, y'all going with me. Everybody, we're going to church. 
Matter of fact, we're going to help people out this year. I'm going to give so much this year, it's going to be just crazy how much I give. Well, the Bible says, be careful with the oath that you make. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 says, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is by the city of the great king. And do not swear by your own head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. That's a good message just right there, Pastor Darrell. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Even the apostle James repeated these exact words in James chapter 5. He says, listen, let your yes be yes and let your no be no. Don't start making promises that you're not going to keep. That's why whenever I premarital counsel anybody, Young men, young women, and we get them together and we say, listen, marriage is for adults. It's not for kids. So if you still think like a kid, don't make this promise. Don't make this promise. Because you got to let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you're going to get married, you get married. You go for it. It's through thick or through thin. Some of you right now, you got to remember the oath that you made. The I do that was made. Yeah, but God, you just don't know. I do, but she did. And if she did, I'm going to do what she did. And I'm going to do all I got to do with the did. Oh. See, you're not wrestling with her, and you're not wrestling with him. You're wrestling with the promise that you made. That's what you made. So a lot of times, we'll say, ah, oh, oh, it's not a big deal. January 1st, I'm going to the gym. January 7th, it's not a big deal. Who cares? That's why what I've learned whenever I make a pledge or I make an oath, I do my best even after the deadline, I try to fulfill it. Because the deadline is not my pledge. The pledge is what I said I was going to give. That's just me. That's what my father taught me. And so if I'm honest with you, I'm almost done with my van pledge. I'm not done with my van pledge. I'll be very honest with you. I'm not done because I made a pledge and I want to fulfill that thing. Because that's what I said. No, the band pledge was done, I think, two months ago, right? A month and a half ago. I think we were done. But I said, no, I made a pledge to the men. I got to fulfill it. I have to do it. There's not a deadline to that. Listen to me. Those of you that are here, I know in 2016, I'm going to change. I'm really going to change. Be careful. Be careful. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no. If you're not going to do it, don't say it. Don't say that. I know some, every year people come to church and say, man, my 2016 is going to be different. I'm going to be a better husband. Okay, then do it. I'm going to be a better father. Okay, then do it. Well, I'm going to be better. Okay, if you're going to say it and make the promise, then do it. Because if not, laziness will come upon you. And laziness tells you it's not a big deal. Who cares? Really didn't mean anything. Listen, I would challenge you. Some of you, pick up your 2014 promise. Pick it up. Pick it up. There's no expiration date on it. If God said it, he can change the expiration date. He could change that. What I love about this story, and this is with this I close. What I love about this story of this man who came to Jesus and said, Come, my daughter is dead. See, a lot of times... We'll come to Christ and we'll say, okay, God, I did this, this whole mess happened. Can you fix it? But when you read the story, Jesus said, okay, I'm going to go in, but before I go in, they have to get out. I want you to know something. God is not your maid. You think God is going to come in and just change everything? Like a hand's going to come and the clouds are going to split. It's going to come in there. It's going to form. Oh, look at Here, I'm going to give you this brand new car. It's just for you. And that's how it's going to work. You, I, I believe that God's going to give many of you brand new cars. But before he gives you a brand new car, he's got to give you a brand new mind. 
You want a house? I wholeheartedly believe that many of you, God's going to give you a brand new house. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, God is going to give you a brand new house. But before he gives you a brand new house, he's got to give you a brand new mind. See, Jesus came to the house and he said, I can't, I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't do what I need to do. These people got to get out. Pride, it's got to get out. Foolishness, it's got to get out. Rebellion, it's got to get out. Laziness, it's got to get out. All this, all this stuff that is inhabiting your house, it's got to leave. If I'm going to do what I need to do in this house, this has got to get out. Listen to me, in 2016, you have to determine within your life, within your heart, that I know that I know that my house and my life and my heart and my mind is going to change. But if it's going to change, God is not going to come and be the maid. I have to first say, hey, pride, get out. Hey, rebelliousness, get out. Hey, laziness, get out. Hey, foolishness, get out. And then what you will see what was dead, God can rise up. Listen, I know some of you, you're maybe on the brink of your marriage saying, I have an expiration date on this thing. My marriage is over. It's done. Well, yeah, according to all the professionals that are around, all the people that are around, yeah, it's, it's, it's done. It's not lying. But one thing I do know, when all the professionals leave, Christ comes in. He says, okay, what was dead was nothing more than just to sleep. Let me wake it up. Let me get it up. This 2016, some of you, they're going to get out so you can get your promise and get it out. Get it up. You're going to be able to rise up into a place and a position that normally you have never had before because what was dead is now alive in Christ. Do you believe that with me here this morning? Come on, do you believe that? Stand with me here this morning. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Touch the hearts, the minds, the bodies, the souls, Lord God, of those that need the assurance once again, Lord God, that you have called them, you separated them for your honor, for your glory, oh God. Lord, let your power be felt once again, oh God. Lord, if there's been anybody here, Lord God, that has been numb to the fact, blind or deaf to the fact, that your power is greater than anything or anyone, on this planet, oh God. Lord, let your power go beyond even our natural thinking, Lord God. We want to see you like never, ever before. I thank you and I praise you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. As the worship